What up, what up? Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Raiders. Welcome, uh, regular listeners. Welcome, regular viewers. This is Unscripted. Um, I'm your host, Matt Perry, a.k.a. Chandler Bing, a.k.a. Cut Corners. I see that somebody cleverly noted that my name is also very similar to a famous friend. Um, congratulations. Um, <laughs> but we are here today to talk to a very special guest, a uh, fantastic producer, one of my favorite producers. He's also a vocalist, a DJ, saxophonist, I've recently learned and artist from the Bay Area. Uh, he's got releases on Fool's Gold and has done songs with people like Tidra Moses, Freddie Gibbs, Kamaya, I Am Sue, Fonte from Little Brother. I mean, he's got a stacked catalog. Um, it's all heat. Highly recommend checking it out if you're not already familiar. Uh, so would you please do me a favor and welcome Trackademics to Serato Unscripted. What up, Track? What's up? What's up? How's it going? It's really good, man. It's really good to have you on the show, man. Yeah, man. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> it has. Um, yeah, it was great to see you, actually, uh, end of last year in person uh, in uh, L.A. But uh, how's, how's yeah. the year starting for you, dude? Man, it's been great. Really busy. Um, yeah, I just I've been I feel like I've been in a, like a real big planning stage. I like, got a lot of music like the vaults are always have always been crazy. And so it's like it's time to ship. It's time to get it out. So a, a lot of that you know but it's been it's been great that's awesome man i mean you've you've got a, a like i said a stack catalog and i feel like you've you're constantly putting music out and it's just so impressive uh, it's really inspiring actually um as a fellow producer it's like oh man i gotta i gotta step my game up i gotta keep doing it like it really works man i, I mean i appreciate it um no i'm looking at i'm looking at folks like you always dropping edits and stuff and i'm like yo i remake i've been remixing for years and it's like you know it just to keep keep that momentum is crazy <laughs> indeed indeed and when i saw you um in la uh that was a great night by the way and shout out yeah. dj loki and dj one that was a fun night um yeah and i remember uh one of my favorite artists devin morrison was playing uh and mm -hmm. it was a, took us all by surprise a little bit uh did and i remember you had a little chat to devin morrison um any any uh, eventual eventual collaboration happening with devin perhaps not yet I'm a, yeah, let's put that out there. Let's put that out there because, yeah, uh, that is, I love it because it's such a random, a random pull up. Like, I didn't expect to see you that night. Um, I didn't expect to have, hear him DJing. I'm, and I uh, listening and I was like, I can 100% hear why he sound, why he makes the music he does, why all the stuff he was playing. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a great night. Shout out to Low Key. Yeah, man. And yeah, Devin, if you're listening, uh, we got to get Devin on the podcast at some point too, but Devin, yeah, yeah definitely check for track down because you guys got to work on some music because, man, yeah. you guys are definitely on a similar vibe. Yeah, that would be great. Um, but speaking of which, I mean, you know, uh, like I, I kind of touched on it, but you've worked with like incredible, incredible people. Uh, and one of my favorite artists that you've produced for is uh, none other than Tidra Moses. Can yeah. you Can you tell me a little bit about, um, how, you know, how you met, met up with her and, and, and what it was like working with her? Right. T yeah, Teacher's one of my favorite people. Just in terms of music, like um, it's crazy. The way we the way we actually uh connected was so back in the day, uh I did a remix for uh Platinum Pie Pipers um on when they were on Ubiquity. Um and and she I guess I had I had that remix on my MySpace player. Shout out MySpace. Yeah, that's MySpace MySpace was like, man you know uh it was the the great connector like you could get in you can get in touch with anybody and so i'm on myspace um and this is the first official time like 
I'm meeting her. So she, I, I have that player on there and the song on there. And she, she, I guess she listened to it somehow and sent me this long MySpace message, like super long MySpace message saying that she wasn't going to ever sing a note, another note again if I, if I didn't like send her some beats. And the crazy thing was like me and DJ Tap 10, shout out Tap, I see him in the chat. Like, yeah, shout out Tap 10. Yeah, like w- that was like our favorite artist. Like, cause she had came out maybe like two or three, three years earlier or something like that. And so um, when we got that message, it was like, yo, Tidra just hit me out of nowhere. I didn't even provoke it, you know? So um, we started a working relationship from there and, and I've done, I've done a lot of different things with her um, since, yeah, since that was the mid 2000s. So yeah. That's crazy, man. That, what a, I mean, that was like, yeah, she's such an incredible artist, but you also just talked about Platinum Pie Piper's Shout Out YG. And that's yeah, also crazy too. I mean, full circle, full circle. So before before the pandemic, 2019, I got to shout out Darling Chuck, Tap 10. Uh, uh, they had FOMA party. Um, they brought out uh, Tidra Moses, me, Wajid. Um, and it was like kind of this real crazy, super uh, full circle mm-hmm. moment. Um, and we played at, uh, man, I forget uh, exactly what the name of the spot was. It was in Brooklyn. Uh, the big the big spot, Tap Nose. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, it was a great, great moment. It was, and it was all like just party jams, you know, YG going in on the dance, you know, it was like, it was really dope. That's crazy. Cause did a whole set. yeah, YG was living in New York for a while there. Was that when he was out there? No, he's actually back in Detroit. So, right. So yeah, they, yeah, brought him back out for that, man. That's so crazy. And, and teach, so teacher, obviously, I mean, we all, I'd, I'd be honest with you. I think most people are familiar with Tidra a lot from her remixes and, and songs uh, and her, that first record, of course. Um, uh, and you also remixed that too. I'm trying, it's escaping my mind with the Ahmed Jamal sample. Um, someone, someone knows it. Oh, what the, you're talking about on Be My Girl, like Be, the first yeah, album? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. You remixed that as well, right? I Yeah. So before, so this is when I first met her, Tap and I, Tap and I, you know, we used to ride around, go everywhere together. In the Bay Area, she had a show in the Bay Area, and she was with Tweet, and it was Tweet, CeeLo, Tidra Moses, and I think it was probably one other person. They did a show, and I, but I knew the show was coming up, so Tap and I um, were going to go down to San Jose. To at the time, it was Ambassadors Lounge, was E40's club. E40 had a club in San Jose, and they performed there. And I brought a burnt CD. Um, of the remix that I did of Be Your Girl. And it was a smash up of Be, or it was a mashup of Be Your Girl and If I Was Your Girlfriend Prince. Ooh. Uh, and like, you know, I, I made it work. It was a dope remix, but, uh, and g- I gave it to her on the CD. Of course, she was like, I was a fan. So I'm just like, here's a CD. <laughs> and she listened to it years ago. She was like, I love that remix. But like, yeah, it just so happened that she came back around on MySpace, totally unrelated. That's crazy, man. What a crazy story. Yeah. And MySpace, I mean, yeah, for those, there's probably a lot of people that may not even be, remember that these days. I mean, that's what, like early 2000s, oh, yeah. right? So that's like, yeah, like 0405, you know, like that, that's what, that was my first, like, that's how I landed. That's how we kind of met everybody, you know, it's just MySpace. It was crazy because it's like social, social net was like, before that it was Friendster. <laughs> yeah. 
Friendster, um, Facebook wasn't popping yet. I mean, I think it was around, but it wasn't popping. MySpace was it. Yeah, man. And it's funny because I, I learned a lot of music from MySpace and you could only mm -hmm. have what, like two or th one song to your profile yeah, like or something? Four, I think. Four songs, yeah. Four. And then that top eight. <laughs> yeah, man. I, there was so many good good artists that kind of got their start on MySpace now that I think about it, like Cool Kids and... Mm -hmm. I mean, shoot, I think I, I mean, I obviously knew who Dilla was at the time, but I remember even hearing someone playing Two Can Win on, on their, as one oh. of their song choices. I was like, oh, what, I, how did I miss this one? This is crazy. Right. It was nuts, man. Yeah, it's, it's how you could, yeah, it was the first way you could communicate to the world, like your tastes and your, you know, just your avatars and who your friends were. It, it was dope. I remember I couldn't wait for that little, uh, that little, you have a message in your inbox. Like that was the best feeling. Like, ooh, who hit me today? Absolutely. <laughs> That's wild, man. Um, and also, uh, you talked a little bit about um, um, uh, Darling Chuck um, and, and and some other some other cool people. Um, now, Darling Chuck is is uh, friends with Mike Baker, who's also part of Honor Roll, and Tedra yep. was also featured on an Honor Roll uh, mix. Was that right? Yeah, it was like the, the album, uh, the Champagne Room. That's right. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's an album. It's streaming now. Um, you can peep that, but basically that album was kind of like our nod to like what we coined Champagne Soul. Uh, shout out to DJ Tap Ten, uh, Wiz. You know, like that was the term we came up for a lot of mid '80s, mid '80s like soul music. That's like real. We call it player, just being from the Bay Area. <laughs> our rap music is kind of like West Coast rap music, Bay Area rap music, kind of built on that sound. So like SOS band, yeah. like loose ends. Like a lot of like 808, the 808 drums, like the real smooth synths and all that. Um, but that album, The Champagne Room that that she's on, um, was kind of like our nod to like that sound. It wasn't necessarily like a a carbon copy, but like that just the smooth like uh, soul from the I 80s. I love that, man. I, I didn't. I never yeah. really articulated that, but that's a, a perfect combo of words to to articulate that sound. And I know a lot of people. Uh, in this chat, really love that sound. Uh, shout out Nina yeah. Mendoza. Um, oh yeah, we really bond over that 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 specific '80s soul and R&B, all that. Mm -hmm. It's so good, and it's really cool. New artists that are coming out with it now too, like uh, yeah. Linda Dawn. Like I, I, I really, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely that man slapping. It's crazy. It's such. It's crazy. It's a sound that never. It never goes away if you feel like it could die but it's it's we're woven into the fabric of like soul and r&b music and and even hip-hop a lot of stuff that we grew up on was that music so it's not going anywhere i love it yeah i'm glad it's not going anywhere because it's timeless yeah yeah um, no fully um but uh just let's circle back to the honor roll crew for those of who those of us who may not be familiar who's who's in the honor roll crew and 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 how do you guys all link up Oh man, yeah. There's there's a lot of us. So um, there's me. There's Mike Baker, the bike maker. There's uh, DJ Tap Ten. You got Wiz, um, Brooklyn Basquiat in the chat. One um, OAK. You know um, who else? I'm, I'm, I know I'm already Spank Pops, Moxmore. So the list is long. There's like it's it's a, it's a whole bunch of us. That's dope. Extended yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we we kind of we're all, you know all from the Bay Area and kind of uh, the East Bay, except for Spanks, he's from San Francisco. Uh, we all kind of got up. The core of us got up um, 
at this youth program called Youth Radio. It's now called YR Media. Um, but uh, we all kind of met there in high school and early in college and, and just kind of like connected. Oh, yeah, also Josie Stingray. Can't forget Josie. Um, she, but uh, we all kind of... Uh, like met met a, met a youth radio had a lot of like uh, similar interests definitely in music and art film all that stuff um, and then I guess yeah up through the early two thousands mid two thousands just kind of started putting it together you know and started dropping music um, and we're all different stuff so me like I'm a producer artist one oak same producer artist tap DJ um, you know and different folks are MCs so yeah it's just a conglomerate of folks. That's amazing, man. I, I think I stopped by there uh, at the youth radio uh, where I'm, why our media uh, when I was in Oakland a couple of years ago, just pre pre pandemic. And um, man, it was, it was really cool. A couple of people talked a little bit about, you know, how important it was uh, to, you know, Oakland Bay area uh, music scene. And, and they were telling me that you were uh, a mentor there, right? You, you ended up. Yeah. So the one, the founder of the crew Wiz. Um, I see the chat going crazy. Nina, low key, I can never forget Wiz. <laughs> Wiz is like the founder um, of the crew, but he he was like actually me and Tap Ten and Mike Baker's peer teacher. So he was in there like maybe a couple. He basically was our teacher when we came in because he he was like there before us. Um, and so yeah, we kind of we kind of all learned uh, together. Wait, I, I'm almost, I'm reading the chat. I'm like, what was the question? I'm, I'm reading the chat and I'm like, all the whiz love. I love it. This is the Twitch, the Twitch sphere. He put us all on for that. Oh, for real? I mean, just in general, he's the biggest champion for it. Oh, wow. You know, back, back, back at the beginning of the pandemic, he's like, yo, Twitch is it. And then like, it's crazy. Everybody, uh, we all kind of peeped it and was like, yeah, this is like community on a whole other level. That's so important to have people like that though. You know, like, bringing people up, you know, and, and putting them onto ideas and concepts and new technology or whatever. And you, you did that yourself as a teacher at, at Youth Radio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, at Youth Radio, um, that's what it was. We Wiz had the position that before I did. And then so basically what we would do um, is is the program. It was a program for like radio and broadcasting and journalism. But of course, music was there, too, because we're doing radio shows. Um, and so we would teach the youth um, journalism and um, kind of like media literacy. And the program's still going strong. My homie Ben is over there. Um, and it's still very similar to what we were doing back in the day. Um, and then we, Ben, he actually brought music into the program. And so uh, we, we started teaching kids how to use Reason, like, uh, yeah, Reason software, because it was out probably one of the earlier softwares. Um, and yeah, a lot of folks came through there after that. When I when I was the director when, um, of the training program and, and having students come through after school, like uh, we had a whole bunch of students come through. Um, I am Sue was one of the the, the students that I that I uh, brought through. Um, Kuya, his uh, Pilo's older brother, Kuya Beats. Oh wow! They, they were like you know part of the same uh, class. And yep. so we taught them kind of how to make beats there. 108K really was the one to like every day, like this is what you do, you know, use these sounds. This is how you sample all that. Cause I mean, that that's such a recognizable sound too. It's it's funny cause um, yeah, I, I know a lot of producers like Pilo and, and yourself, you, you re use Reason, 
but mm-hmm. there is such a sound that you guys i mean it's all it's a, i guess an extension of hyphy right would you say is that yeah yeah I mean, I mean yeah it's like it's all west coast like based in mob music like the 90s bay area you know music basically um like northern california type of rap music but like mob music hyphy music is the up-tempo club version um but yeah it all kind of is based in that and then with what Pilo and the invasion and i am sue started making um which is like a i guess a more like a club like party version of it but yeah of like the hyphy yeah man i i love that sound like it I'm passionate about that sound. I love it so much, and I feel like it. Like it's just the best. It's some of the best club music you can play. You put it on. It's mm-hmm. like a, around 100 beats per minute. Everyone's c- yeah. good with that tempo, um, and it's it's like minimal stuff, but everything works perfectly. Like all the yeah. sounds. Yeah, that's that's the thing, dude. That tempo is my favorite. And from like 96 to like 120, everything in there, you know, I love it. And and. Um, that like that sound it's crazy it's permeated everywhere because it's not just you know it's not just bay area rap music it's, it's literally like the backdrop when someone in r&b wants like a club song that's the sound now you know it's been like that way for the last you know last decade because i mean i actually remember one of the first times i met you in real life i mean i knew about you was in la uh shout out spinorita i think we played a gig you were there and I remember towards the end of the night, you were talking about, uh, you know, just like the, the influence of that sound, t- similar to what you're saying, you know, um, you know, if you wanted to, you know, an R&B club head or whatever, and then even mm-hmm. um, people like Mustard have taken a lot from that sound. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make any drama here, yeah. but, you know, like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of influence. West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he grew up on it. You know, the thing is, they all grew up on the sound. So, of course, you're going to make which what you make um but like like tapping i always talk about it's really you know when you mix the the rhythm and the groove with the pretty chords on top like it's a winning combination it always is so it it, it just makes sense like i know chris brown was one of the early people ty dollar sign like lma that's why she won is yeah. literally that pocket like that that pocket with her, like real r&b soul on top of it that's always a winning combination yeah I mean, and and I think that tempo is really like perfect club tempo, you know, like yeah. And but yeah, like like uh like Nini was saying, you know, the the chords, the R and B sensibilities with this very like strong. And when you think about it, when you now that we now we're talking about it, you bring it back to the champagne salt, you know, uh, form um format, mm-hmm. and you and you think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that was like a SOS thing too, you know, like minimal drums, yeah. strong bass lines, really nice. Yeah, bass lines. That's my favorite thing too. It's just like, yeah, champagne soul, tinder knock, you know, um, just that, just the bass lines are super important. That's the mob, the mob portion of it a little bit. When you got these synth lines that are really like, if you ever listen to old school E40 in the click, um, or like, uh, pre- you could name pretty much everything from the Bay Area. The the bass lines are just bananas, and that's kind of how I got my intro into music was like Bay Area rap music. And like West Coast, yeah, just West Coast rap music and bass lines are so important. So if you use those bass lines and put pretty chords on top, it's it's crazy. You just got, you just gave the the formula, you gave the keys to the to the, the oh yeah success. Pretty chords, <laughs> bass lines, banging drums, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, everything's out there. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Just watch a YouTube video. But mm-hmm. speaking of um of uh, E40 and Hyphy and and all this, I feel like it's and we're gonna. I have to get into this. Um, 
you're 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 you make original music but you also do a lot of remixing we talked about that a little bit and you're very prolific with your re- remixes you've got a remix tape series i think you're at what volume five now uh i uh, volume five is out volume six is pretty much 90 percent done i always find like one or two i need to add um but yeah i i've loved doing remixes um first time i ever did a remix it was tap 10 who gave me uh the No More Drama, Mary J. Blige, Acapella, oh, wow. back when it was fresh. <laughs> like, And I was like, he was like, yo, I think you would be able to do something with this. And I'm like, yeah, let me try. And and I I made the remix one day. And I remember I went, it was in college. I played it for everybody. The, oh, my God, this is crazy. Um, and yeah, ever since then, like it, remixing made sense to me. I think it's like when you hear an acapella or you hear something and you, you can kind of like put it in a different context. Um, you just listen to it and like, oh, well maybe the, maybe the rhythm was ha- like halftime, but I just want to double time it. You know, it just, that's how I hear stuff. I hear different chord progressions under, uh, you know, a melody it, um that's different than maybe what the actual song is so it's just fun it's fun recontextualizing stuff because context yeah. is king yeah man and that's one of the things as a dj i really appreciate about your remixes is that they're very um you know they're they're, they're made to move to you know they're made to dance to yeah. and you kind of bring up a lot the, the energy a lot or you dial it back but whatever you do you take a song that may or may not be able to be dj'd and then you you, you make it this this just dance floor fire and it's like it's so it's so nice like uh like you said you know I'm thinking of I'm thinking of uh, many remixes but one in particular I play like the shit out of is the Scissor Wavy remix um Man. and that's like an that's an interlude on that album right it's not really even a, a song Yeah I mean that's the thing about remixing too I'm like that needs to be a full song this was the best I mean it's not I don't you know I'm not going to say it's the best song in the album but James Fauntleroy chords are unmatched you know what i mean so like you have this there was no drums on it it's like everything was perfect it was enough to make something out of and i was like this needs to be a song like and i want to hear i want to have these vibes these chords in the club like i want to hear it at a party i want to hear it in a social setting so that is that is the magic of remixing because you can really just bring bring songs into different contexts and, and I almost make people listen to it. That's why, that's uh, you know, that's why I did the "Tell Me When to Go" remix. Right. You know? Well, that's that's coming up next. But before we get into that, we got to play mm-hmm. the wavy remix just so people oh, know. Oh yeah, play that. Um, <laughs> and and this one stays in my crates. This one's probably one of my most played remixes uh, in the world, and it's a dear to my heart. So here we go. This is Trackademics remix of "Wavy" by SZA featuring James Fauntleroy. Yeah. 
So I got a, I got a air horn for that one. We're pulling out the air for, for that one. That one's such a fire remix, man. Um, and unfortunately, I can't play it for too long because I get a, uh, you know, the the old DMCA, uh, you know, right. cops come. But um, <laughs> man, that remix, insane. And it's it's kind of like what you were talking about too. Um, you know, when I listen to that, I really I focus a lot on this the bass line. You know, and and, mm-hmm. and that's that's you, right? Yeah, yeah, I added that. Yeah, I think that that remix works for. I mean, it's it's a slow, it's a dance tempo, right? But it's actually slower than. I mean, it's like still, it's what one hundred eight. I think yeah. it's one hundred eight, and it's like, it's kind of like that perfect transition. You know, like you can still be. It's like turned up R and B, but it's like almost low, low, you know, low tempo dance dance music, and, and along with the the kind of like the rap drums like minus the four to the floor but like when it when it all breaks down it's it's just like bay area music <laughs> absolutely yo we gotta we gotta give add that to broadcast nina mendoza said 108k that's very good yeah. uh there shout out 108k um <laughs> um actually <laughs> and and so before we get we, we we move on from that and we jump into 108 Oh, i can't say it but let's <laughs> jump into um e40's tell me where to go remix because that that is almost i don't know how do you, how did you how how does that how do you describe that to people like that was almost eclipsed the original in in, cer- in certain ways you know all due respect yeah. to little john you og no but. for sure um that i mean that that is that is one of the greatest remixes just in terms of like how it happened um uh back i think so i call it it was an unofficial remix because i went into the store and bought the actual bought the actual vinyl um and that same day i went over to amoeba in berkeley i went uh well i think i bought it at a spot called b-side records which isn't there anymore um and then went over to amoeba went record shopping and bought the the sample to tell me when to go and didn't know you know just was record shopping went back to the studio um and was making beats and i made a beat with one of the records i bought and i was listening to it and then i just put the acapella on top of it and it just like clicked, you know, and and it was it was amazing because um, at the time in my studio, I had car subwoofers. I had like tens in there instead of like regular, like nice subwoofers and studio monitors. I had like these car subs. Um, it was just a real grimy situation. And so I made it. It, it, it was a special remix. There's only a few where you listen to it and you finish it and you're like, this is it. <laughs> and so like I, I had that feeling so like the next day um and i was still working at youth radio um i had put it on my or i didn't even do that yet i burnt a bunch of cds and gave it out to the students um because i i and and at that point it didn't have my drop on it and then i put it on my myspace and realized it was going to go crazy so i took it down put it back up with my track academics drop in it and then burn the other, uh, burn more CDs for the students, and then that's kind of just how it went. That's you wild, know? dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Pass the car test, though. That's I like. That. Oh yeah. That's a very important part of the of the story and and uh, of yeah. beats that that bang. They got to pass the car test. That's so cool. always every day, still to this day. That's my most important test. And and then you, obviously the students though. That's that's wild too. They 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 gave you the coast. They were they they were like this is obviously a, a banger. Let's go. Yeah. Cause I mean, the thing is like, A, it was, it was decent. Like the whole point of it was, I mean, you know, back in the day, a lot of 
a lot of folks still a lot of folks still don't understand E40. I think he's one mm. of the greatest rappers. Tap will tell you'll go dumb in the chat right now talking about his favorite <laughs> rapper. It's true. Like uh, E40 is one of those those voices that is still relevant and still dropping you know records like in his fifties. You know, and yeah. and is fully relevant to the streets, um, uh, and works with all the young young artists. Um, but at the time, like just like a lot of folks now, it's like you either love them or you hate them sometimes. And so um, I, you know, I was like, well, the beat, the little original Lil John beat was amazing. But I was like, let me let me bring some like hip hop aesthetic and sample something, and like try to flip it and like you know. Uh, to appeal to folks who 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 might want to um, maybe say like, oh, it's just program drums and him rapping over it. I was like, no, y'all about to listen to this Keek the Sneak. Y'all are about <laughs> to listen to this E40 because um, it, it's super important. I think the, they got their crazy lyricists. And I just wanted to kind of recontextualize it for that and, and, and still put the like the, the slapping Bay Area drums on it. That was the important part. Let's give it a let's give it some play here. Um, Want to take it from from the drop, important part of the of the whole situation here. So let's. This is uh, E40. Tell me where to go, featuring Keek the Sneak. This is Trackademics's remix, which is very hot. Been hot in the streets for a long time and the clubs. Trackademics. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. So shake them. I ain't got none, but I'm planning on growing some. Imagine all the Hebrews going down, dancing on top of chariots and turning tight ones. Ooh, tell me when to go. Talking on my get you on my way to the stop. My second or third trip. Some Henny, some Swishers, and some Listerine strips. Like the green thumb lips, just to ease my thoughts. Not just the cops, but the homies you gotta watch. The moon is full, look at the dark cloud. Sitting in my scraper watching Oakland going wild, ta-da. I don't bump mainstream, I knock underground. All that other shit, sugar-coated and watered down. I'm from the bay where we hockey and go dumb. From the soil where them rappers be getting they lingo from. Ooh, tell me when to go. 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 And that's what we're going to get for today. If you want that, you can go cop that on... Uh, on um, Trackademics is Bandcamp, or you can run the numbers up on on SoundCloud. Where else could they get that from, though, if they want? Is it on um, TikTok? It's it's you know I don't think it's on TikTok. It's not it's not officially distributed okay. because it's not. And so one of these days, you know, one of these days, I'm praying that it will be. Uh, you know, got to work through that business because it's an uncleared sample and a licensed song. True. Uh, it can happen. It can definitely happen. But um, yeah, hopefully we get on on DSPs one day. But right now, yeah, Bandcamp. Maybe uh, see, check. We have to check the Tracklib library and see if that uh sample is on the Tracklib library, and then we get that easy, yeah, easy deal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yo, shout out JS Spinoza in the chat. I just said download from MySpace. Very, <laughs> very on to, on point. I wish. Oh. You know what? I'm I'm so mad because like in 2011, I think I went in and like revamped my MySpace because I'm like, okay, we got a new thing on, so I just erased all of my old stuff so i don't have the old like 2006 myspace <laughs> no doubt also though shout out beat junkie record pool uh shout out beat junkies one time always putting on great music and inspiring us all to dj but of course you can also cop it right there nina mendoza thank you for putting in the chat 
there's the Bandcamp link. Um, yeah, run, run, go grab that. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's gonna ignite the dance floor wherever you are. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and quickly shout out Jay Espinosa, one-time uh, Bay Area yeah. champion um, and representative to the fullest. Um, man, those uh, the Bay Area sets he played for, I think it was Red Bull. Whew, crazy. Oh, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, shout out to Jay Espinosa for pulling up on me when I'm DJing and making me feel like, oh, why am I behind the deck? Uh, but no, <laughs> I was like, I will now just play you guys' music. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's actually kind of cool though. He's here because uh, when when I interviewed Jay Espinoza, we were talking about you specifically. So it's it's really dope. Uh, thank you, Jay, for tuning in. This is the Bay Area family connection right here. It's all it's all there. We have got JMKM in the chat in the chat and three uh, th- Canadian three star champ DJ Licks. What up? It's a lot of really great people in the chat here today. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, now, uh, also, this is also going to be a kind of nice transition um, about the Bay and J. Espinoza um, and yourself, uh, Trackademics. You've produced one of um, the, one of the Bay Area legend Kamaya's biggest tracks, uh, oh, Windows. Yeah. Can you tell told me uh, through like that whole story of the, how that track came together? Yeah, that that's crazy. That so so when we were working on her Interscope album. They, you know, like labels do, they they kept saying, like, we need a single, we need a hit. And the whole album was hits, by the way. I have a whole unreleased um like album of stuff that they, that that got shelved from her that like a whole album was just fire. Damn. But they, you know, in within, yeah, it's crazy. But um I had produced like I'd say like nine to ten songs on the album. Wow. Um, but that's not gonna see the light of day. Um but while in that search for a single, um, you know, we were at, I think we were at YG's house in Vegas um, and me and Drew Banga were, were producing for, uh, for Kamaya. And like the last day, like we're about to leave. I like start playing around on my little MIDI keyboard and, um, and yeah, just start coming up with the beat and it automatically, it, it became the one. And this is like the last minute, like, um, second thought beat, but like that, yeah, that, 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 that was such a good, the way it came together was so dope. I wish it got more run and got bigger than it did, but it was, it was definitely a dope, dope song. That's crazy. Like just how those things can, can sometimes be, you know, like that, you know, they just kind of come to you and they come kind of quick. Like the, some of the best ideas come quick and, and they don't, they don't require a lot of extra stuff, you know, it's just, straight to the point it's it's always really cool to hear how you know people will be trying to find trying to make a hit and then sometimes those things just have to happen you just have to let them happen right yeah no fully there's there's no way there's no way you can like i'm gonna go make a hit it just doesn't ever work like (laughs) (laughs) you know it never works i mean even if it's like the ingredients are there and you're like i did everything i checked all the boxes but (laughs) you know if it's the wrong vocal take or if it's you know everything the wrong personal song wrong sound too many sounds yeah that's what i learned man it's just too many sounds can kill the whole thing yeah man you know? that's uh, it's it's really good that you say that because um I've, i i stumbled across a great tweet by a track the other day just talking about production specifically i don't did you see it too i didn't yeah it was great he was just talking to, I, i'm sure it's around there somewhere but it was just talking about how a lot of good production is really just taking things out and giving space so all the instruments yeah. and all the sounds that you do have in there have enough space to exist and fill up their frequency range. 
it's a hard lesson for that was a hard lesson for me to learn for years. Like I listened to old stuff and I was like, oh, like I know as a producer and a lot of producers like this, like you just want to you're like you want to put in all of the sounds, all of your ideas, all this stuff. Um, which is cool if it's just going to be an instrumental, but sometimes you just need space for a vocalist. And I, even to this day, I still struggle with like carving out some space sometimes. Um, I, I'm, I can get it in like the final mixes, but like early versions of beats, there'll be a lot going on that I give people um, just because I, I want to hear a lot of stuff as a, like a producer. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's space is super important. Yeah, it, it's really, it's, I, I just find that concept so so important and i've um even like a lot of my friends we t- we always come back to this con this this concept of making space for a vocalist when you're making songs for vocalists like don't like make sure that there's a, a very clear part where mm-hmm. they should sing and it's just like drums and bass or and maybe some perks yeah. or something but if you put like you know i mean like i love cashmere cat you know i think he's amazing mm-hmm. but his songs work great because there's no singing on on this it's just like all textural and instrumental yeah um because it like singing on that would be very hard i imagine for a, a singer yeah definitely and a lot of times they they don't have they're not listening the same way you are and they can't figure out where they're supposed to come in or, and you know like what melody especially if you have counter melodies going on you have rhythmic melodies and all these things it's it's it in their mind it could be driving them kind of or you know putting them in a lot of different directions this is the tweet here um by the way thanks nina for pulling it off the off the internet so one of the biggest lessons i learned with production over the years is removing shit uh figuring out how to make a track work with the least elements possible use negative space Mm -hmm. um, make sure each sound you use has character and sits in a specific spot and yeah that's that's the key right there Uh, i mean it's the reason why you know hip-hop and punk got so big and like it's like all you need is a couple sounds rock and roll yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you got it it's, it's straightforward um and speaking of which I, I do really want to talk about i really want to play windows before we forget it because uh mm-hmm. you know it's it's an anthem really um so and shout out kamaya quavo and taiga on this it's it's yeah, that's yeah. huge you know so we're gonna cut right to the just also i have to i have to pre-warn people if you're listening you know what i mean um there is swear words so you know, if you got kids around, maybe <laughs> just just mm-hmm. forewarning you here. And that's all we're gonna get before we get pulled off the air. But yo, Windows, <laughs> and it's and I feel like that actually is a perfect example of what we were just talking about, where you've just got every piece of this beat is just perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And and you put that on you you play that on a big sound system, man. I mean, that's 
It's yeah, not it's definitely pounding. It's crazy. Like when we were shooting, I'm actually in the video in front of the yellow bus, going stupid, shaking my hair, and all that with an airbrush Mac Dre shirt on. Like it's just so Bay Area. Um, but like hearing it in in the warehouse, where it's just like crazy listening. You love hearing. That's why you make your music. You want to hear it loud. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and and also another song of yours that I um that I'd like to talk about real quick was the first one I ever heard of yours um way back in the day as a huge Fool's Gold uh, devotee when you dropped uh, Enjoy What You Do on oh, Fool's yeah. Gold. That was was that that was that your your first first single first release? That yeah, first like official single release because everything else was like unofficial remix tapes. Like you know back then like. We weren't it wasn't there weren't dsps i think before like <laughs> before that it was just like um links youtube and yeah just uh blog downloading stuff in blog or in forums yeah uh, but yeah so enjoy what you do first single yeah because that was um i mean i think that's also a really great uh example of of, of your production but it also features you as a vocalist and I, I when i first heard this i didn't realize you did everything you did the beat and everything, and I saw the video. I saw you rapping. Um, it was on. This is a long time ago. Um, yeah, probably a live video or something. That's the one. And I was like, you had the. I think you had like a a, a the, with the honor roll theme. You had the. Um, mm-hmm. Was it cardigan? Was it? Yeah, yeah, I used to wear cardigans all the time. <laughs> and I was like, this this dude is so fresh, hella fresh. This is so cool. <laughs> and the the flow on it, everything was hella fun. It was a perfect party music, and it's it's up tempo. You know, this is a fast song, one twenty four. But we're gonna we're gonna play this right now. This is Trackademics. His first single, uh, Enjoy What You Do on Fool's Gold Records. I'm just going to cut right to the, the vocal here. Wham, wham, bam, I am the man. I'm on my job and you can't tell me that I'm not. Do you enjoy what you do? If not, then stop. Don't say shit, just rock, rock, rock. Original slap came from the bay and we brought it right back. Twitching, tweaking, kids be leaning, looking like a mob of fizz and demons. Me, I'm chilling, free, I'm feeling, cause I ain't playing a hand, I'm dealing. They don't shock when the scratch ain't seen. That's all good, cause them tricks ain't clean. With mass appeal comes stacks of squeal and a whole lot of work in these mass appeal. And that's for real, ain't gonna crack my grill, cause I fell off the hill like Jack and Jill. No, never, your boy is way too clever. I said, no, never, your boy is way too clever. I said, no, never, your boy is way too clever. I said, no, never, I'm breezy as the weather. There we have it. Trackadamics with Enjoy What You Do. This one also deserves a DJ Airhorn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is crazy. This was a crazy single, man. Um, and this was out in Fool's Gold. I realized that, mm-hmm. um, and the, um, on the, on the, there was a remix by Flostradamus. Yes. And, yeah. and this, this, uh, Anina has posted up in here. Let me just throw this up in the oh, yeah, chat. Yeah, shout out to Nina with the the bio. <laughs> yeah, this is dope though. Um, yeah, Flusher Thomas, Sammy Bananas. Shout out Sammy Bananas. Shout out Catch Dini. It was his birthday yesterday, which I said, uh, yeah. "Happy birth, Dini." Um, <laughs> and we had yeah, uh, Top Sidon, um, which is the uh, the B side, and the record was designed by Dust Rock. Rest in peace. Man, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Man, what a package. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it was man. I love that record. Like I remember sitting down with Dust in like. Um, yeah, just sitting down and just saying I wanted a cardigan sweater as the like as the cover, and he made it. He made it super dope. <laughs> wow, that's cool, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't realize that there was that much 
you had that much involvement in that too. I mean, yeah, to- Fool's Gold, Fool's Gold was ahead of their time. Like in terms of like partnering with artists, not signing them. Like I wasn't wrapped up on the label. Like I no, you can't go anywhere. Like it was they they just wanted to put out uh, dope dance floor friendly music with friends. And so like yeah, that was that was the best. That was the best, especially back back then when people were trying to figure out the music industry and how do you maneuver um they they weren't like trying to own artists they really were able to like yo we like this music we like this pro you know this artist we like this song sign the song let's put it out so yeah that's dope and, uh, and is there a wham reference in there somewhere oh yeah yeah uh-huh. yep that the so i love wham george michael is one of the greatest songwriters like it's crazy wham is wham is hella dope and so there, there's a song called Wham Rap. It's the most hilarious music video you'll ever see. Uh, and yeah, that it's a reference to that. <laughs> I think my my, my girlfriend <laughs> she called it she called it out. And she's like, oh, this guy likes Wham, hey. And I was like, yeah. It's like she knows yeah. that song too. She was like, this is dope. So uh, 80s babies in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me too. Um, but um, I just I I was really curious. I don't know if we covered it already, but. What's your favorite thing about doing remixes versus like original tracks? Remixes. So um, I'm I'm I can produce many different ways, but I'm really like a solitary producer. I'm like sit down, just think it out. Like I can do the whole collaboration, rapid pace, like everybody in the room thing as well. But what I love about remixes is that you can have you can kind of fully like zone in and you know with take as much space as you need to like create this thing um that's coming out of your head like it, it's just like a fun exercise and so that's that's my favorite thing about remixes is just being able to like sit down and like craft something it was also interesting you're, you're talking about you know um how you did all these tracks for kamaya and then you know your experience with uh you know fool's gold and and mm-hmm. how how much like uh you know, when you put so much time into original music, it can kind of get caught up. And, and does remixing kind of afford you that flexibility just to just to put things out? A little, yeah, a little bit. I mean, the thing is, remixing is a labor of love. It's for DJs, you know. Mm. And so, like, it's it's in 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 having tap kind of uh, you know by my side over the years in terms of like actually being the DJ for the crew. Um, like he was the honor. He's he's the honorable DJ, and really like kind of like talking to me about like the importance of being able to play stuff out and like, you know, and then all of us understanding, like, this is how culture is moved, you know, by, by people being able to enjoy things together and talk about things and, and remixing kind of, it's kind of a cheat code too, as a producer, you're able to like showcase your skills over a song that somebody already likes, you know, Mm. something that might be already proven, or it could be something that's not proven, but you can help lend, uh, you know what you think could push it over the edge so it's just a, it's just a really good way of like being able to to repackage something and, and get a good response and that's true and djs G, it's really cool to hear that relationship with djs and that's as a dj and a producer that's the thing i love about remixing is like you know um there's a song i like and maybe it's just not gonna hit the dance floor right and what can i do to make it just push it to that level and it, it doesn't need a lot it's sometimes very subtle Sometimes it can just take it to a different, uh, you know, recontextualize it and create and create a different mood for it. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the songs, one of the remixes you did that I really liked was actually the uh, Megan The Stallion. Sa- is it Savage? Oh, yeah. And yeah, Savage. 
yeah, man. I was just, I, I put that on yesterday and I was like, whoa, like this just leveled up the energy on this song. And, um, and I mean, that song's already, already goes, you know, it's already mm-hmm. a great song, but it's just hearing it this way. I, I want to DJ. It makes me want to DJ that song so much more that- now. I mean, hearing when when I first like literally the first time I heard that song with the keyboard hit, I was like, "This is this is a house sound. It's house music yeah. sound. Like it sounds like house music." So like, just speed it up and and turn it up. Yeah, and actually it brings me to another question I've really been uh, really wanting to ask you is like, you know, you 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 really float well between you know house, hip hop, pop, R and B stuff, uh, champagne soul. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've got a really, um, you're, you seem very comfortable in all of those genres. Um, and they, they, you know, they're definitely like your sound. Um, but that's not really easy to do, you know, like it, it, that, if, if you just said, oh, can you do all these things? Um, some, I think a lot of people would be like, I no, I, I can only do one of those right. things, you know? Um, right. but yeah, how, how did you, how did you find, you know, that, that zone for yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, growing up in the Bay Area, so that West Coast rap style, um, and then when I did with the R, like '90s R&B, um, you know, that's like the foundation. Uh, but I've always liked pretty, pretty chords. Pretty chords is like my my north star, right? So there's that. Um, I love a lot of back in the day when I was in college, a lot of deep house music and like you know everything on like naked music and own records and all that stuff yeah so, like dance music you know like specifically house music you know i've always loved it and and being able to like i i think i attribute a lot of it to like being i mean like i'm a mixed kid you know what i'm saying like i'm black and filipino and like i that kind of was like as my foundation mixing things together is like always something I'm looking at. Cause I think it's just like, I don't feel like I always fit in one place or another. And so it's like, well, how do I bring, how do I bring the experience to me instead of always trying to fit into another experience? And you always get like a high, you, I always um, found that I come up with kind of like a hybrid situation. It's never purely one thing, you know? And, and that's kind of where I feel comfortable. Um, I. I even though I love so many genres purely, like I, I, every day, even when I sit down at the keys and I sit down at the uh, at reason trying to make something, there are certain things that I would that if I was trying to make the song fit one hundred percent in the genre that I would do, like certain drum sounds, certain keyboards that I would use, certain leads, and it's like I always, you know, naturally omit some of those things and put in something else from like another genre even if it's a tempo or a texture or just a a different instrument just because like um i don't know if it fits too neatly it's it doesn't sound interesting yeah and it's it's your character right yeah it's so cool that you found you like you found comfort in that you know in that kind of in between space or that that identity that you know that that is that is you naturally um Mm -hmm. and i i love that sound so much there's another artist also happens to be Afro-Filipino, Toro Imoa just put out his record yeah. today. And I think he does that brilliantly as well. It's like, there's, oh, you know, a lot of even psych rock and stuff in his as well. But it's like this really beautiful uh, melange. And and I mean, even Julian Dine, who I spoke with last time, he talked about this as well, um, where, you know, you can emulate things and you can love them, 
but you know you've kind of it's it's almost in a, in a good way to not get it right perfectly and totally mm-hmm. emulate it too good and just to kind of right. get find out the things that you're comfortable with and then introduce these other elements right yeah no that's it i mean that's how you keep it interesting so you stay yourself because we got i mean there are some people who are really great at copying like in, in like reproducing things and mm-hmm. like that's a skill in its own but i love being able to like look around the corner a little bit and see like well if we just twi- you know flip this it's gonna bring a whole different energy to it yeah yeah it's it's really cool man i, I really love it and i really love that sound that you that just where, wherever that whatever it is however you describe it champagne soul tender knock mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. man it's just such a perfect perfect combo um and then you know speaking of which uh you know i talked about tori why he's actually one of my my biggest musical inspirations but who were who was some of the you know who were the people that really inspire you either right now or over over the over the years? Oh man, it's it's that's a, that's the question that I always freeze up on because I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll just rapid fire without like thinking. It's everybody, DJ Quick to Kanye to like Kyrie, who's part of like who used to, uh, he produced for like Mac Dre and them back in the day, Mac Mall. Um, JT the bigger figure, everything from Sade to like um, K Trinata, love K Trinata. Um, it's too many. It's way too many. Anita Baker, shout out. Anita Happy Baker birthday, birthday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know there it saying? is. <laughs> we got a, we got a treat for you guys later. Don't worry, we're gonna um, not gonna let that one slip. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, every DJ Premier, Dre, of course. It's just for it. It can go. It's pretty much everybody, but. Neptune's number one. <laughs> Let me bring it back. Neptune's the black and Filipino duo. Shout out to all my uh, black and Filipino homies. So we killing it. Everybody out here killing it. Uh, <laughs> um, we're on the map. But um, yeah, like I'd say they're like number one because um, it's just pretty chords and club club rhythms. You know what I'm saying? That's it's really simple. That's so you know? awesome. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know, when you were younger, um. Did you did you grow up in a musical family? I, I know that you played saxophone. I, I'm kind of curious to know. Was that like yeah. a? How did you get into that? So, uh, you know, I'm not a super musical family. My mom has always loved music, and she's always had eclectic taste. But very, it's funny. My taste is just like my mom, where it's been eclectic, but like you know, all different genres, but still very focused on like popular pop with a penchant for pop music. Right? We love things that are fun, danceable but like it doesn't matter the genre and so i grew up on a lot of a lot of that stuff like cti jazz records to like um 80s a lot of 80s sophista pop music and 80s champagne soul and like uh that kind of stuff um and so that's kind of how i that's kind of where my taste you know comes from that's awesome man um the uh was it i was actually gonna talk about when aok i'm when uh... Um, Oh, okay. uh, oh yeah that's right 10, AK, 10 AKs 108K <laughs> it's, it's so hard I don't know why one of a kind one of a kind yeah I like that Um, on his album actually you t- you're talking about that's right I was going to talk about you talked about CTI jazz records and mm-hmm. and, and um, I don't know if you produced it but I was listening to the one OAK uh, record the other day and there was a, a song called Jetton and, and it's oh, like yeah. a, a Diggable Planets flip but the mm-hmm. Diggable Planets flip okay we're getting a bit you know, layers here. Um, yeah. The Diggable Planets, if you're not familiar, Diggle, shout out Philly, shout out Diggable Planets. Incredible. Um, they have a song called Jetton, 
and it samples Bob James. Bob James uh, put the record out, and his, he has, has a song. I can't remember the name of the song. Um, I think Blue Lick, I think it's called. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the sample. And then one OAK uh, has a song called Jet, which samples the Diggable Planets, which has this Bob James sample, which is off CTI mm-hmm. Records. Did you produce that song? I did not. He did. Oh, really? He, yeah. So um, uh, I, for, I, I believe Wiz, Wiz might have given him the idea to um, flip that. But like, that's kind of how... That's kind of how 108K's project, like he's a hip hop head too. He's like, he's just, you know, he's, he sings, he sings R&B, but he's, you know, he's a producer too. So he's probably a producer first. Huh. And so he, he really, um, he really uh, was, can execute. We like, all you do is hear an idea and like, oh yeah, it's a great idea. And he just wrote the whole song around it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that song is amazing. That whole project, Riding in Cars with Girls, man great project really is yeah i listened I, I was like really going deep on soundcloud digging um all your remixes highly recommend following trackademics i mean you can play the whole catalog of trackademics and it's just all heat so do that if you haven't or if you need to get familiar because all his stuff is all good and you also get um you know suggested to the honor roll crews one um like one oak mike baker a lot of these other members of the mm-hmm. crew all great albums um Honestly, so so dope. Um, and I really want to play the song. I, I play a bunch, um, and it also sits in that perfect tempo range um, and and vibe uh, of of all those things that you, we we were just been talking about. Um, it's not on, on SoundCloud. I couldn't find it anyways. But um, grab somebody. Oh yeah. This is the jam. Uh, it's your song, song, featuring one OAK and YMTK, and this is available on your Bandcamp and. Just, mm-hmm. just it's go. On, it's streaming too. Yeah, and streaming too. Yeah, just go grab it because this song is just, just all heat. So um, I'm just gonna drop it here. Uh, yeah, we'll go from the vocal. So here we go from the vocal. Grab somebody. Trackademics. Let's go. When she's by herself, I put the backwoods down for my health. But I keep rolling up, I can't stop rolling up. Grab some any, picking up at the address. You see me, I got plenty. Marijuana with me when I put turn your whole house to drip, drip, drip. Check out my drip. I don't really step out like this, but don't ever doubt my doubt. My I got haters trying to draw my drip. My hand is on your hip, and when I give you did we did we step outside and catch that lit. No need to split, girl. I so we can't run out all this time but um that's the song that's a, a just a jam we list the air horns coming out for this one too because it is a yeah. banger Man, thank you. Appreciate that. The chat is hella funny. Y'all are hilarious. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I love that song. That song, YMTK, 108K, clap, man. It's like the dream team. <laughs> it, it really, oh man, it's so good. And it's like now that I'm, now we're talking about it, you're talking about your stuff, uh, your production, you know, approach. Pretty chords, man. Like those are some pretty chords, like for real. And a great bass line. You. you know, man, this song is just like, there's nothing bad in it. It's all good. Dope. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's it. It's simple. It's simple. <laughs> you can take take the formula. I'm gonna still do do my way. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, so I mean, let's let's look back for a little uh, a while in your life. If you know, if you could go back in time, give yourself some um, some advice. You know, what what would it be? Oh man, we're gonna get dark here. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, man. You know, every time you think back, you're like, what? Give myself <laughs> advice. I would say. Um, I would say don't worry so much and like kind of like, you know, just lighten up a little bit just in terms of like, um, I mean, in a, in a lot of it, you know, art, I think music and art is really, is really, it's energy, right? And a lot of folks tend to like have their ego involved. And I think everyone has one at certain points. Some people do not, but like, I think it's really important to just like, hey, lighten up the, you know it's going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. Like, even if you're not getting every, you know, a, a response, like it's crazy. Now you do. But back when I started, like you didn't know if anybody liked your stuff, you put it out, there was no numbers and all that stuff. You just kind of make it. And part of it was better. You know, I, I'd say it's better, but now a lot of times everyone's looking at their, their stats. Um, but I, I would say just lighten up and, and, and continue to make music like you like how you like it. Um, and I mean, and and I would I would tell myself that it's gonna be okay because I still did that, but to tell mm. myself it's gonna be okay if you just follow that. It's like that's that's the thing. It's it's true though. Um, I really think that you practice what you preach here because um, one of the things I really enjoy uh, and I've always really felt was so generous of you is that you know I'm on your mailing list. I don't know how I got on it, but I'm really glad I'm on it. And I get you know you, you share your music, you share you send links, you mm. share, share it like. Uh, the, the catalog you you know you, a lot of yeah. your remixes you just like hey play them here that here you go um that's and, for djs <laughs> yeah dude yeah it's so important djs are like you, you like i have to give you the music like who else is gonna how are people gonna hear it otherwise algorithms don't help me all the time you yeah know? <laughs> yeah man but it's it's just so nice like uh i really i appreciate it i want to play the music but it's so nice just to have it and oh man it's and and like i can see what you're saying because you know, a lot of us can hold on to things and, and they're very precious and we don't want to share them. And, um, yeah, you know, no, let them go. Yeah. Let it be, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and you do that, you do, you do that so often, you know, you're always giving out so much and it's, it's really lovely. Um, but you know, there's an important question I have to ask. We have to ask every person who's on the show this question. Um, but what, what does the power of music mean to you? Oh, that's crazy. The power of music, it, it's literally medicine. It, it, you can use uh, music to manipulate anything like it, it i love it i love music it's it literally is like the subtext to any scene um if you feel a certain way you can put on another song and there's no way you're gonna at the end of that song feel feel the same you did or you can put put in a song and it'll it'll re uh, reaffirm your feelings like music is so powerful and it's it it, it it's invisible. You can't see it. It comes out of nowhere. I mean, it, I think it's truly divine. Honestly, it, it, you know, that that's what it is. I think it 
um i just couldn't imagine a world without it yeah yeah, yeah i don't yeah i definitely wouldn't want to live live in a world without music that's for sure mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah it's it is divine in that way you know um yeah it's so powerful man uh thank you for for sharing that and um and uh, one of the questions that we really needed to get into um, as well, uh, and we were talking about it when we linked up um, in LA, and it was quite funny actually. I, I was talking about it earlier to to Loki and and the DJ one in the chat, um, and I was like, I was tell I was telling them like we're gonna get track on the show, and we're gonna talk about this, and he's like, Loki was like, don't don't get right into it right away. Can you talk about it a little bit later? <laughs> but I have to ask, um, and there's there's a bunch of people that are gonna. You can either you're either with it or with, or you're not, but I really want to get um, your your download on um, NFTs. We talked about it um, when we when we met up, and you released a track, uh, "Lover" as an N mm -hmm. NFT, and you can get that um, here if, if someone can put this in the uh, Sunny. If you don't mind putting this uh, link in the chat, um, can you tell me your journey with NFTs? Yeah, no. So um, it's crazy. NFTs like. <laughs> It's such a funny. It's such a triggering word these days too. You either love it or you hate it. You you, you don't understand it or you're all about it. Um, and I think the way I was introduced, um, you know, my homegirl. I know she doesn't want to be named, but she's very integral in the honor roll, and it's uh, <laughs> very integral in the honor roll and with us. You know, she's been in tech for years, um, and uh, she she kind of pulled me aside and was like, "Yo, I think you would really do well in this space." Um, and she's been in it for years. And I um, was like, at a point I was looking like, well, what, you know, what's next? Like, I'm always, I'm gonna always make music, but like, you know, do I need to pivot? Do I need to figure out something else? Like a lot of folks. Um, and she hit me at a time when I was like trying to figure some stuff out. Um, and I was like, yo, this space is very crazy. It's like a mix between like, I mean, when I came to web three, like, I guess that's the overarching term about it. Like, it's like the metaverse and there's DeFi, there's NFTs, there's social clubs. And I just got really intrigued by how technology um, was kind of uh, attempting to 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 solve some like issues we have as, you know, just from our perspective. And so um, a lot of the times you know, we're talking about the creator economy um, and how in web web one, web two, web one is like the 90s where you could just read stuff off the internet. Web two is like, oh, now we have social networks and we could upload stuff to the internet um, through these platforms and stuff. Web three is basically like, we can do all those things plus we own the content, right? That's that's the, the overarching uh, thing and, and I've dealt with so many situations where like yeah well you don't own you only own this much of your music or you you own it but you can't control it and you know just a lot of creators understand it so this is a, uh, it became an intriguing space because I'm like I can kind of figure out a way to like you know build upon everything we've learned but then take that and fully um, capitalize and benefit and receive all the value from it. So that's kind of the the, the big perspective without getting into the, the the weeds about it. Um and NFTs, you know, that 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 20, 2021 was all about NFTs and I think uh music NFTs are going to be big this upcoming year. And so I, I wanted to be early on on the train and kind of uh jump in. So I jumped in and got accepted to Catalog, which is like the premier music NFT platform. 
Um, yeah, and it, it's pretty dope. They're they're um, they they it's a lot of dope uh, uh, folks over there. Uh, it's kind of curated. Um, they're going to be opening up soon, wider. But I was able to like get on that uh, platform and and list my NFT. Um, and it ended up selling in December, which is super dope. And some people are making crazy, you know, money. But it also, it's not just about the money. And everyone's like, "Well, of course it is." You saw you sold a song for like four thousand dollars, and it's like <laughs> it's like trading cards. It's like you're you're not selling the actual song. Like I'm not selling royalties. I'm not selling the copyrights. Although you can wrap those in there if you want to give value to you know your your collectors. But you could sell I, them. You know, you could sell yeah. them anyways, right? Like whether it's an NFT yeah. or not, you can still sign off that. Yeah. To it's basically like a, it's, it, yeah, it's basically a token. It's like a coin. It's something you can sell and it can appreciate or depreciate in value. Um, and so it's pretty interesting. And, and, and um, I, I definitely believe in the space, uh, in the potential of the space. Um, a lot of folks are like in the space, kind of have their eyes glossed over, like this is going to change the world. And while I do agree, like, the there's a there's a potential for all these tools that are allowing us to have um more um control over our create creativity and our creations um if we let something like facebook meta slide in and like recreate the web 2 with the web 3 tools then it's just going to be the same thing you know in other big uh big companies um but yeah monopolies and and so forth right 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 yeah because because that's the thing that kind of interests me um not not to make it about my perspective but you know it seems like as creatives you know we don't have like Bandcamp is probably the one thing that we really can kind of really control a lot they still take their cut you know like and everyone's going to take their cut but when when you look at like putting out music Bandcamp's the most lucrative way to do it um you know considering you you know you sell like one album for ten dollars that's like equivalent to a hundred thousand streams or something crazy you know like the, right. the the that's that's the thing that that's obviously not working <laughs> and i guess this is why people are excited about web3 or am i right in assuming that that is why because we've got these kind of long-standing issues with this industry where musicians are really at the lowest part of the totem pole and now they're yes. getting the, the opportunity to kind of come in at this level and that's not just musicians but it's a lot of people right like it's yeah, it's anybody. It's any creator, you know. A lot of graphic artists is the first wave, but I think yeah, when you you name a platform, right, and the platform does take its fee, right. But mm-hmm. a lot of these protocols now, they're just open source, like Zora. Um, you know, you can you can interface with your fan base. This is really the, the the crux of it is you can interface with your fan base and create your own value. I feel I don't feel that I'm worth point zero 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 three whatever since that. You know, per stream that you get with Spotify, right? But yep. everybody, no matter who you are, you have to conform to that that value, right? Um, but if your fan base is fanatical about you and strong, and you can list your, you know, you know your your art up here, and people will be patrons of it, you should be able to set that. You know what I mean? And then you should also be able to, to add the value. Um, in your community that you want to add if you want to have a discord and you want to like have parties and people if they hold this nft they can pull up to that party like you should be able to do that yeah man and i think it's so good to hear that because i feel like twitch was a, almost like a a taste tester <laughs> for the creative yeah. community 
because it was the first time I'd ever even thought of asking someone to sub to me. And shout out to any, everyone who got us on the hype right. train today. Um, and shout out to anyone who subs to uh, to me on on Twitch or or anything like that. Because, yo, like that that is that's really uh, not only is it a huge compliment, but you know, giving someone your money. I'd never ever expect anyone to do that. You know, like I honestly didn't. But it's 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 like you seen you're seeing Instagram. They're doing subscri- They're doing allowing subscribe subscriptions now. It's almost like they finally realized. Oh, you know what? These people are bringing all these all these customers to us. They're bringing their, their audience. They're doing this work for us. Um, we should break them off, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to the point where, like, the the main problem is, like, I've seen everybody on Instagram talking about, like, my own followers can't see my own post, like, my posts, you know, or depending on what you post. And, and it's like those, those kind of situations, they completely degrade, um, you know, what your what you can be doing with your your folks you know it's not it's not fair and 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 i think although like web3 it's built on the blockchain and it's 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 you know crypto blockchain nft all these terms right yeah but it's built on it's 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 built on the blockchain so while you can't use cash it's all it's all crypto based but that's i think a lot of folks are missing the point when they they hate on it so so quickly um I don't think the technology is the thing. I think it's what we do with it. And there and and this is a new way to incorporate ownership of what you have um and and not have to give it to a platform in in order to to still reap the benefits. That's the that's the the benefit. And that's huge because that's really the problem at the end of the day, right? Is this monopolization of the music industry, uh, the monopolization of shit everything you know <laughs> right the starbucksification mike mike mcdonald's yeah. you know of the of the world uh and i mean i think um you know just thinking about how something like twitch is still you know i, I guess a web 2 if we're going to use buzzwords mm-hmm. uh platform but you know when when i when you start getting those subscribers or, or something or even on Bandcamp, you know it's it's you want to do more for your fans you want to work exactly. harder for them and so you want to give them more to keep them and I heard Alchemist talking about this on a recent interview as well. He talked yep. about he got game from Currency, the rapper, and he was saying, mm-hmm. I just upload, and Knowledge, shout out Knowledge also. Knowledge also was one of these guys that's been putting up his, you know, his remixes yeah. on, on Bandcamp and stuff. And, you know? Yeah, you put, you, uh, you get out what you put in, you know? And, and, and it shows, uh, you know, I think I saw the, I saw an Alchemist one where he was talking about like, oh, I can make merch now and I can yeah. do all these things. And it allows you to be really creative. And it's not that you can't do these things, in, you know, in our current, you know, Web 2, but there's something there. There's a level of freedom that you have in Web 3 that is super interesting. Just also the the folks that I'm meeting in the space. I'm also a fellow in, this, in, in a Web 3 uh, social oh, yeah. club. Uh, friends FWB. with benefits, yeah, yeah, friends with benefits, and uh, shout out to JMKM. She is, <laughs> she is too, you know. Um, and I think it's super, it's super um, dope to meet folks who are kind of trying to figure out the, I guess, solutions to the problems that that we've had, especially as creators. You know, yeah. we've gotten a, a short end of the stick many times. Well, and especially, I feel like it's a, a very apparent problem when you when you look at somewhere like oakland or or san francisco which is you know ground zero for tech companies but you know so many placements uh so many people have been uh, displaced you know because of the money that came in but just wasn't shared within the community and the people that made it Mm -hmm. what it is um 
I mean, yeah, you, you've probably seen that firsthand. I mean, when I went to youth radio, oh, yeah. I saw how that area is crazy different. You know? Yeah, you. It's like you, 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 you come to you come to the place because of how it was built, like the culture that's there, um, and then instead of um, wanting to keep it there, I mean, it's just economics. That's the sad part about it. It's not everyone's intention all the time, mm. you know, to to gentrify a place or, but that's just what happens, you know, and and. Um, I think it's important to like put energy into to not having that happen, you know, and really be conscious of it. Yeah, because it is what we build it. You know, the future is what we make it. And so learning from our mistakes, it's like that's the important thing. If we are the evolved species of the planet, <laughs> let's be able to use our brain to evolve and save ourselves. And <laughs> as opposed to like and the environment, as opposed to resorting back to like our primal instincts, whether it's fight or flight, when things go all bad. I mean, the pandemic is a very big, um, you know, you can look at that and see kind of the reactions of people and like, are we gonna, are we gonna like learn and evolve? Or are we gonna revert back? So I think it's important to be in a space where folks are like trying to figure out answers to those questions. Like, do we all have to just be serfs and till the land you for, for someone who owns it all? like? I don't think so. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, like real estate is another great example of that. But you know, to your point, um, you know, I think it, it's really interesting. You know, I was talking to somebody um, actually. Shout out Nas, 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 not Nas the rapper, Nas, uh, who's um, a, a good friend of mine and ed- educator at Berkeley. Um, she was talking a lot about, you know, um, getting you know people tech literate. And I, I was thinking about you know when I when I started at Serato, um, you know. It's a decade ago this year, actually. Um, and I was thinking, I really need to get a job as a DJ, as a producer. I need to get a job that kind of is in the tech world, because if I don't get a job, I'm not going to have a I'm not going to have an understanding of the tools that are changing the yeah. world. And I was thinking like and she was talking about, you know, how she wants to create uh, increase literacy within, you know, black communities and uh, and, and communities within Oakland and and um, and uh and LA and stuff and and she's getting funding to do that and um I was thinking about yeah how does where do you feel like that how how do you feel like NFTs are with within that community is there is there proper representation is that a good opportunity I I think I mean I think that everyone should definitely um start to become tech literate it's funny because I'm not I'm not a tech I'm not super technical at all minus music equipment, DAWs and software and DJ and all. But other than that, like I've never been like a tech person. And so, but I do understand like it's rules our world. It already does. If you don't believe it, look at any kid who's younger than you. Your whole world is, is, is tech. The kids coming up now is like phones and screens and they're doing school through the computer. It's it's crazy. Um, And so it's super important that everybody becomes tech literate. And with that, you know, there's barriers to entry. And so making sure that there's equity in that in in access um, is super important or, or otherwise it's just going to, you know, socially uh, the problems that could be fixed are not going to be fixed. Yeah. And and I, I, don't, I think Defunk actually has a really good um, point here is like the pandemic boosted creative creativity tenfold, but it was also accelerating technology. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people I mean, in the DJ community, it was people that were really divided over just Twitch, you know, and that was like almost like the pre NFT thing that was a really a real divider. And the music creative community was like, should I stream or should I not stream? Because if those those of us who did get in there and get on it and start doing it, 
the the results came in thick and fast and we started getting some income and it really solved a lot of problems again so i i I can see the there's a parallel there as well you know and um you know i think being afraid of technology sometimes can you don't want to get left behind there's that fear right or do i go in or Mm -hmm. do i get left behind and i think a lot of people are really afraid of uh getting left behind right i mean it i mean i've seen it is is the folks who are early usually benefit like you it's like real estate it's like you know where you're there first or you know um i think that's that's something that's really important is that to not be afraid like we see it play over over in cycles like those who are there first get to kind of make the rules um and, and I think in something like Web3 where it's it's better for creators, I really feel like everyone should be looking to it. Because really all NFTs are, are um, you can look at them as a, a way to create membership, you know, to your to your mm-hmm. fan base, yeah, yeah community, um, uh, just a way to interface with them. You know, it's not just a, a profile picture. But there's like ways that. to lock in values. I think that's that. If <laughs> I feel like you could just quote that, Trichodemics, this is what <laughs> NFTs are. That was like so succinct to the point. And like, I think that's the thing that I've actually been trying to grab, wrap my head around with it because it is mm-hmm. quite overwhelming. JMKM and I talk about it. In fact, um, mm-hmm. she was, she's been a real help. I want to give a big shout out to JMKM for like kind of, you know, demystifying a lot of this stuff because it is very overwhelming and it's and kind of scary and there's a lot of buzzwords that we don't yeah. use. So, uh, yeah, shout out that community um, and the friends with benefits. That's also Trevor uh, Skeet Skeet. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Skeet Skeet. <laughs> uh, another West Coast classic, lovely guy mm-hmm. and um, Im- important man in the music industry as well. Yeah. Um, but um, look, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, I guess we've got some time for questions from the audience. Um, but before we get into those, I wanted to ask, you know, what's coming up next for you and, and, you know, where, where, where should people be looking for you? Cool. Um, yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of music I'm going to drop. I'm doing both in NFTs, but regular, regular drops on streaming services. I got a couple in, um, a couple EPs I'm going to drop, uh, a new remix tape, volume six, Looking that, yeah. Look, so look for that. That'll also be an NFT form, um, and I got some cool things coming around that. Um, some cool little experiences, uh, and then also I'm working on an album. So I got I, I I'm currently in the trenches with it, um, and it's it's an album with me on vocals too. But then yes. I also have features as well, um, and just trying to have a lot of fun and kind of like i was talking about earlier just approaching it with all of the tools in my in my chest so not not just one sound like yeah that i'm always doing a million things <laughs> working with a few of the artists in web3 that are making a little bit of noise right now i won't jinx it by saying their names but like yeah we're doing some of that and then yeah always looking to collaborate with folks so yeah. oh man that's awesome that's so great to hear dude because like yeah, I haven't heard you on a on a you know a rap track for a minute, and um, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know I already know it's all gonna be heat because you got you you do all those things so well, man. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that album and remix tape six, remix tape five is so dope. Um, if you haven't man, got thank you. you haven't checked that out, it's on SoundCloud as well. Like I said, you just gotta run that SoundCloud like front to back. It's it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, or on streaming service, whatever you use, or Bandcamp, buy it, DJ those edits. Um, 
Do we have any any questions from the chat in here? I see Manila Ice in the chat. Um, shout out Manila Ice. And um, Marjorie and Fly is above average dad. We got a lot of cool people. Stank Palmer from the Bay. Um, so many great people. I want to. Oh, yeah, Shrimps in Space. Well, we all like, the homies in the chat. It's so good to see everyone here. Um, and shout out Sunny James, uh, always helping me and modding out um, and producing this show, doing the cutdowns. Uh, and shout out Nina Mendoza and that go Aris for for modding. Um, shoot, I think we got. We're just gonna have to cut to. Uh, That's funny. To what? Where? Where? Where'd you send this? Um, this. Uh, this. Anita Baker joint. We gotta. Oh, I think I might have texted to you. All right, we can we can work with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, I see t- I see tab ten in the chat giving out the alpha. Yeah, I got a track with Fonte on the album. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> Fonte too, man. Wow, it's Another so crazy, one. hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's a homie. Um, and what else? Who else we got in here? I I gotta give a shout out to so, some more people here. Defunk is in the house. Um, and Master Lee. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Special says DJ Alize, Brooklyn Basquiat. Oh man, honor roll, honor roll. Yeah, where's Mike Baker though? When you need him, hey. <laughs> he's you know he's probably he's probably um, sipping on a, a a spirit and I don't know what he's doing. He's working. <laughs> we love Mike Baker too. Um, all right, I think I got it here. I'm gonna pull up. Where is it? Hold on one second. Before we <laughs> what go. shampoo do I use? Oh, yeah. We got some I questions. Just, Jack. Let's go. It's just for me. You know, just for me. No, nah, I mean, I don't know. Hair, you know, hair products is, you know, who knows? <laughs> we got Jael to talk about his hair, his hair, hair products. And it was a lot of people have lit up the chat. <laughs> That's hella funny. Yeah. It's a everyday struggle with hair products. Oh, man. Sorry guys, I'm 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 taking my time on this uh, on this oh, Anita track. Pulling up, pulling up songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? I'm gonna read from the chat. Okay. Let's see. I don't. I have used Head and Shoulders. Head and Shoulders <laughs> back in the day when I was a kid, but um, that was when I had uh, you know kid dandruff, mostly essential oils. Yes, tap. <laughs> <laughs> no, hair care is important. Oh yeah, we got someone here. Um, any relation to academics? I don't think so. Not at all. Mike Baker, cocktail maker. That's great. I always really loved how he did that. Mike Baker, the bike maker, it was so dope. Yeah, I never. It's funny. I guess yeah. He he had to come up with it himself. I think nobody ever said it to, which is like, dang, someone making fun of you in elementary school didn't come up with that, right? <laughs> Brilliant. I was yeah. I, I love that one. Um, but. Since it's Anita Baker Day, let's just hear about how um, how important Anita Baker is to you. Oh yeah, Anita, that's that's foundational music for sure. Like I got all her, you know, all the vinyl, everything. Like I went to see her farewell tour. Um, what was it a couple years ago? Which I hope that was a lie, like farewell, because when she the tour I went to went when it was in Vegas and it was amazing. Like she the everything was on point. I'm like, how are you going to stop right now? Um, but yeah, Anita, you know, ever, you know, ever since I've ever heard her music, it just, I was listening to it in high school and kids were like, why are you listening to that? Like, that's for your mom and your auntie. But no, I've been putting, I had that in my disc, man. Hey man, that's the, uh, mm-hmm. that's the champagne soul right there. Yeah, no, for sure. She, and it's her birthday today. You know, I'm over here. Fully, fully dipped in the tour tour gear. Whew. 
<laughs> that's the one well we're going to write out mm -hmm. i want to say thank you to everybody thank you so much though especially to you trichodemics um i really appreciate your time man it's always always so great to chat to you and man i'm really looking forward to these project projects remix tape six man come on and mm -hmm. uh, we're going to write out today uh to your flip of anita anita baker which song is anita this this a flip off can we talk about that you said which one which which song did you flip for this one? Oh, what is it um Giving you the best that I got, I believe. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks again, everybody. Um, we're going to roll out. This is uh, Trackademics' flip of Anita Baker. Uh, Anita, eh, Anita Baker. That's my New Zealand <laughs> slang coming through there. Um, and we'll be back soon. But um, if you've missed this, you can always check this out on the replay or on podcasts if you ever you know, wanted to re-up on this. And there's also a cool playlist that I highly recommend you checking out on SoundCloud that I made. Uh, which features a bunch of the songs that we talked about today that you can go check it out. But I mean, you could just really just go straight to uh, Trackademics to SoundCloud because I'm telling you, it's all good. But uh, yeah, thank you again, Track. Uh, any last words? Uh, no, nah, man. Uh, just uh, thank you for everybody, you know, in the chat and everybody just supporting. You know, I got a lot more coming and yeah, can't wait to uh, see everybody. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks again. Um, and make sure to follow uh, Trackademics on all the social medias. Um, and if you're into NFTs, uh, on that those spaces, the Web3 spaces too. <laughs> Let's go. You don't want to see my screen there. <laughs> <laughs>